Elian. Hi. Super excited about this conversation. We just had with John Luxton directly from New Zealand. Where in New Zealand? He was uh, he was from Hamilton, which is just a little bit south of Auckland, the biggest city. But it's beautiful down there. I mean, it's um, mm. it's uh, there's a university, fantastic university down there. It's you know a lot of farmland, a lot of heartland people, the Waikato. Great rugby team mm. around there too. So uh, nice. he's living in a nice spot, you know. <laughs> nice. And uh, this is the story of like uh, antique French polisher that went on to become business polisher. And <laughs> he really works with the businesses that want to get really nice and shiny and healthy and human so they can grow or be sold and really be, you know, successful in a human way and financial way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, you know, what I found interesting, you know, which not only how he started off as a French polisher, but yeah. but how on the way, if you if you listen to the story, how his, his business values were formed, you know, mm. the story... And we'll, we'll let you discover who his mother's boyfriend was, but it was a significant New Zealand figure. And uh, so it's pretty interesting. But you know, how those values get shaped and formed through life and experience, it was just, just good fun. And I think I think the one thing that we didn't catch on the, on the podcast, which would have been quite cool is when we finished, uh, he told us, oh, right now I'm gonna take the dog for a walk. So Frankie, I think it was, was it Frankie? Yeah. Yes, Frankie. He was going to take Frankie for this five kilometer walk and just, you know, the way he, the joy that came to his voice, you know, the when he watched yeah. the dogs playing and freedom. But he said something pretty profound, really, I think, you know, it's important for, for everybody right now is that, you know, going for that morning walk is good for his soul and good for his mental health and sets up his day. Mm. You know, and I think that's so, so important for human well-being right now is to make sure that you protect those times where you, you can just hang out, do something different. And it's not all about work. It's not all about Zoom media, not all about podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Or just get your uh, shoes out, yeah. your headphones and go for a walk while you're listening oh, yeah, to your, of course. Uh, yeah. John, <laughs> John's story and John's values, and we hope you enjoy it. I am Paula Benetton. And I'm Liam Ford. And this is the Zone Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Zone Podcast, John. Thank you very much. And how's it, how's it going there in uh, Hamilton? And, and, and John, what's that on the wall beside you? Because I can see this beautiful uh, piece of uh, cloth. So, Well, first question first, how are things going here? It's, uh, you know, being back in level three is, um, is not ideal. But, you know, I, I'm just busy being a good citizen, you know, Right. scanning and distancing and what have you so yeah i hope we're through this pretty quickly yeah the thing on the wall is uh is something that has been pretty special to me for i don't know it must be 25 30 years mm. someone that uh worked for me 
Salmon lady gave me a tapa cloth. In the beginning, I was obviously just very touched that she considered giving me anything. But then I kind of realized that um, a tapa cloth is a, is a real gift. And mm. its importance to me has, uh, has grown as the years have gone by. And I've put it up in every office that I have worked in since. And some of those offices have been miserable, tight-ass corporate <laughs> affairs <laughs> with, uh, you know, people in their power suits looking at it, thinking, what in God's name is going on here? And, oh. uh, and I don't care because, look, my business is based on people first. And, right. and I, you know, th that cloth is kind of emblematic of that. So I hang it on my wall proudly. And when times are tough, it helps to just, you know, reflect on what that means. And mm. so, yeah, a cherished artifact. Wow. Mm. And uh, that's really interesting. What is the, like... Coming from Brazil, I have no idea what if, what's the meaning behind it, um, what the significance well, of it. I can't actually even tell you what it is made of, but it was a sign of respect. Mm. To, they're not easy to make, and no two are the same. I suppose I should research the, uh, I was going to say the Whakapapa, but... Um, I don't know what that is in Salman. So the short answer, Paula, is uh, I don't know. I just feel mm. on it. Mm. Wow. Mm. I can feel the I can feel the respect and the honor mm. you have for it. So thanks for sharing that with us. No problem. It's interesting, like when you talked about you know trying to put people first and the human element in business and. And you've already started off with something that you value, you know, highly value. So obviously mm. it's, it's actually connected to your own values in some way, you know, so that respect, that humanity, that gift. Is that, is that have I got it right there? Is... Yeah, you, you do. Look, when I established Regeneration HQ, the business, it was really important to me that this business has got to reflect who I am and what I believe in. And it's why slashed across the, the homepage is um, the anti-consultant. <laughs> Lovely. And the business has, uh, ha and, and I have two very simple values. One is make things better and... Mm. Uh, the other is be better people. Mm. I, I've always had this sort of loathing of long bullshit mission statements and values, you know, that have obviously been sort of shoveled out of the wheelbarrow of, of cliches. And people ask me, what do those two things actually mean? Mm. You know, because your values are supposed to be punchy and and i said these a place to stand and look at whatever situation you're you're trying to impact so given that i 
absolutely believe that the primary factor that affects the success of business is the relationships between people inside mm. the business with their with their clients with their suppliers so you ask yourself the question in any situation what does be better people mean it's not supposed to be an instruction it's supposed to be an inquiry and right. the other one uh, make things better when working with businesses that have complex problems and you kind of need a place to view from and make things better if you use that as the context for whatever you do then it kind of keeps your head clear and saves you from going down the wrong track mm. so some people might look and say well that's all very trite but <laughs> You know, when you actually do your best to live those values, it can really work wonders for people whose, you know, businesses are in trouble or or need a, a lift to a different level. Mm. Where did you learn that? I mean, that sounds like, has it always been with you or did you learn that by making your own mistakes? I was, uh, oh, I was a little bit of a rebellious young fellow. And <laughs> that's... Now, that's, that's a good story. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, I, I was born in the middle of September. So in my fifth form year, we hit September 13th, my birthday, and I said, right, I'm out of here. So I just got up and marched out of school. Uh, <laughs> and, I had, and I hadn't done my homework properly because at 15, my parents were able to dragged me by my ear back to school so I reluctantly went back and did school certificate and then come the next September 13th uh, I was out of there and no one was going to stop me and I did a whole bunch of terrible jobs that um, just finding my my feet really and then I uh, I met an old Dalmatian gentleman Mm. who was a beautiful man, mad as a matex, but he taught me a lot about antique restoration and French polishing. And oh, wow. so at, you know, 18 years old, I was in my flat with a big shed outside and I built a, a business, French polishing, you know, stripping and polishing and restoring people's furniture and then got in with a with a few antique dealers who who used my services and I don't really know much about French polishing but you use a lot of shellac which is okay a sort of naturally occurring lacquer I would work all day and I never wore gloves because I like the feel of you know the timber and what have you and so my fingers would get sort of covered in the sort of building layers of shellac and you know stain under my fingernails and i, I, I <laughs> so you were sort of french polishing yourself in a way <laughs> in a way in a way and the thing that sticks in my mind is um you know i i did my best to clean up myself at the end of the day but it's not dirty it's just it's anyway my not surprise you to know ex-wife in our 
wedding photos. I've got my arm around her. She's in this cream silk satin dress. And all you can see is my black fingers. Which... <laughs> oh, no. Now, the next, bit, the next bit might surprise you. That marriage ended in Sydney in about 1988. And uh, we are still very good friends. Ah, so, right. But I, look, I am a very unlikely person to be in business, right? I have never been, you know, some thrusting, you know, climbing the greasy pole type of person. I have, um, without shame, think of myself as basically a, a bit of a socialist. Now, a champagne socialist, but but <laughs> the principles of, of, right. uh, of fairness and everybody having enough is really important to me and mm. and given that there are there are so many people out there there are real inequities in society and i mm. i think that with what i do now i can make a small contribution to you know making life a bit fairer and more bearable for the people i work with Mm, what a great story. Thanks. Thanks, uh, John. So what led you to go from that rebellious teenager into founding uh, Regeneration HQ? On September 13th, just gone, mm -hmm. I turned 60. Mm. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I mean, I like to say it's only a number, but Jesus, it's a mm. big number. Um, and I, in my heart, I am still that rebellious teenager. Mm. But what I rebel against now is the injustice and unfairness of mm. that sort of permeates uh, our modern society. Mm. Mm. Okay, so moving on from the from the French polishing, I I thought, and I I haven't quite got the timeline here right, but you'll get the idea. I I ended up thinking, well, what else can I do? You know, I'm in and out of people's houses; they're trusting me with their precious antiques. So I thought diversification. That clearly wasn't the word I was using back then, but uh, it sounds cleverer now. So I started uh, uh, painting and wallpapering for the people that I was <laughs> restoring furniture for and grew that into a, you know, a team of guys. And, and then I thought, what else? And okay, well, I could do specialist wall coverings, you know, like suede's and, and silks. And so anyway, I before I knew it, I had a team working on the refurbishment of the Park Royal Hotel in Queenstown, the um, Hyatt Kingsgate Hotel in Rotorua, uh, and when they built the new High Court complex in Wellington, we did all the, the wall coverings in there. So that um, surprised me, but it worked. But I, I, I realised that, um, you know, being away from home... 70% of the time, uh, not good for family life. So I 
So I ditched all that and I thought, and, and by now I, I must be 30. And I, I thought, do you know, you've never, you've never actually had a proper job. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, I ended up getting a business development contract with um, Levine & Co. So this, uh, this was a business. You look for those things that absolutely make a difference in your life forever. Mm. And David, who incidentally uh, had been my mother's boyfriend. <laughs> no way. Long time ago. Oh, this is just a little side story. And David went, David was a boarder at uh, New Plymouth Boys High where my father was head prefect. <laughs> so my father had occasion to cane David as discipline went in those days. And then one um, day, David um, is, uh, you know, in mum's circle of friends and says, do you mind if I uh, bring this chap that uh, I go to school with to the party? So that was that. My parents met and 50 years later, they were, when he died, still as in love as the day they met. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Beautiful. So back to, the, back to the business side of it, David, who recently died, was an absolute gentleman in all things. And it was spectacular that, you know, he built up this business from memory, 48 stores around the country, 600 staff. And I don't know how he did it because, you know, half the time I can barely remember my own name. He could walk into any store in the country, greet every staff member by name, and ask wow. after their spouse and children. Wow. And, and what a sign of respect. Mm. Uh, and, and he said this thing that, I, that has been a, a bit of a guiding light for me also. In negotiation, in business, always leave something on the table for the other guy, right? Just because you can take it doesn't mean you should. Wow. And that's a beautiful sort of place to stand when in the, in the heat of battle, you know, retain your humanity and, uh, and just don't forget because... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there, there have been, you know, just little things that have happened through the years. Yeah. Let's rock it forward to first lockdown. I had been three years, three and a half years, part of the senior leadership team at Juicy Group. Okay. Now, that was the camper vans, right? Yeah. And yeah. my particular area of responsibility was as GM of manufacturing. I'd been brought in specifically because the culture in the manufacturing division was abysmal. Mm. So they wanted me to turn it around, make it a happy place to work, a, you know, a stable staff and all of that and make production more effective. So Juicy was in a bit of trouble before COVID. That wasn't actually the, you know, it was the straw okay. that broke the camel's back. But mm. we'd stopped producing quite some time before because, you know, 
financial issues. And one day at a senior leadership team meeting, lovely woman who ran uh, the hotels division got up and said, look, we can't go on like this. We've got people, suppliers, turning up at reception while, while there are guests standing there and saying, where's my fucking money? I haven't been paid. And Ouch. anyway, she was in tears. And I said, look, guys, I've been here before. And, and that was, you know, when Levine went into receivership. I'll tell you how this goes. You know, the finance team won't answer their phones or respond to emails because they know it's going to be some shitty supplier. So they're essentially invisible. I said, what, what needs to happen is someone from this leadership team needs to get out in front of this, be the... I guess the clearinghouse for all suppliers, keep them, you know, don't ever bullshit them, but just keep them apprised of the situation. And as, you know, money comes in, we can allocate it, you know, in a fair way. So I actually thought it was something that one of the two owners probably should be doing. But the CEO said, gee, that's a great idea, John. Thank you. Um, so hey, you, for, you volunteered. <laughs> well, so for uh, for almost a year, right? My phone was on twenty four seven, and and you know the creditor base ran from you know Google Asia, Asia Pacific, who were owed two and a half million dollars, down to you know Kev, the tow truck driver in Otrahonga, wanting his hundred and sixty bucks for the last tow. Yeah. And everything in between. And so I I kind of threw myself into it and developed some lovely relationships along the way and managed to keep people from trying to tip the business over. But it was absolutely emotionally draining. Yeah, I bet. And anyway, first lockdown came and that was going to be the end of that. Yeah. And so I started very, very enthusiastically looking around for my next senior gig. And my wife, not a woman shy of an opinion or two, <laughs> and, and, and God damn it, most of them bang on, said to me, and I'm, I'm sorry that my wife spoke to me this way, but I quote, what the fuck are you doing? You've spent 30 plus years in all manner of, of business situations, right? You've been in broken businesses, you've been in breakthrough businesses, you've been, you, you've done, why are you not doing, you know, offering this unique thing that you do for yourself? So, so that was the start of, that was the start of it. That was, well, yeah, and, and quite a big call for her because security is important. Yeah. And of course, starting a new business in a pandemic is not very cautious. So anyway, within minutes, the name Regeneration HQ came to mind and mm. and I was off and started off doing a, a reasonable amount of um, the regional business partner program 
COVID and tourism funded work, which uh, it's a challenge working mm. with tourism businesses that, that when there are no tourists. But, and then it, it sort of morphed into more businesses that are actually okay but want to either get to the next level or right. Tie, right. tidy up where they are now. And then, as I mentioned earlier, more latterly, exit strategy. Right. Mm. And the, the thing I have noticed most about it is the work I do to grow a business is almost identical to the work that I need to do to prepare a business for sale. I know who right. said it, so I'm, I'm stealing this, but you should never go into a business without an exit plan. Right, right. <laughs> and as much as I think, oh, for God's sake, come on. You know, you you go into a new business and all you've got is the excitement of what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. A bit, unlike, bit unlikely that, you, that you're going to be planning for your exit then. But what more happens is people realising, oh, shit, I'm 70. Um, <laughs> and I'm still working. <laughs> yeah. how, how do I get out of here? So that's an amazing story. So you started off polishing people's furniture and now you're polishing people's businesses <laughs> and making them shiny and, and uh, attractive and growing them and making them better. And you've learned a lot of valuable lessons, lessons from some great leaders and some from pretty tough positions, right? So, you know, the juicy mm. thing was pretty tough and that was hard lessons learned that a lot of businesses are going to have to to learn hmm. so how do the people get hold of you i mean you know like what what sort of people are you looking to talk to and at number one question and how do people get hold of you because i can see we're, we're we're on time and we need to bring us to an end i mean we could talk for hours but uh how do people get hold of you and what sort of people do you want to talk to okay well look the the, the sort of people i want to talk to I am always available to help businesses that suffering real difficulty. Although I, I have to keep it sort of in balance, I will do some pro bono work for businesses that just can't afford to pay. So I will always do some of that. I've been a, a business mentor, which of course is free for a long time so I'm accustomed to giving away my time mm. so I I am happy to talk to anyone who is really desperate and doesn't know where to turn okay but I guess the sweet spot for me is businesses that you know revenue might be anywhere from a million dollars to 25 million dollars mm-hmm preferably but not necessarily owner-operated mm -hmm. and are either looking for a succession plan if there's family to be to be sort of moved in in an efficient way an exit strategy if if okay. they you know if they want to be getting out of it within you know sort of one to five years or if uh, the market's changed on a business and they need to recalibrate to get back to being successful the thing i would say which is often a shock for business owners is i look at the financial results 
after I've looked at the team because I can identify nine times out of 10 why the financial results are the way they are just by talking to the people and not asking them about money, but just, you know, it's an absolute for me that team dynamic drives results. Right. And, and if you can get, if you can get a team working constructively together with a shared vision of where you're going, it will work. Yeah. So, you know, bit of a lefty. Yeah. What's the key question or the first question that you ask to the team? And then where can people get grab hold of you? Okay. It would depend on the circumstances, but mm. it would be somewhere around, okay, guys, is this working? Are you happy? And <laughs> okay. I can be called at any time on 0275665682. And that's New Zealand for our Brazilian listeners? That is New Zealand. So <laughs> and British listeners. And, uh... <laughs> or go to the website, which is www.regenerationhq.co.nz. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, look, there are ways of making a business work that don't have to involve, you know, pain and misery and... Yeah. Mm. Yep. And what a difference that makes. Yeah. Well, what I say on my signature, you know, humanizing uh, business yeah. strategy and execution, you'll see that everywhere on the website, what I do. So it's not it's not some bullshit that I am using to, to con people. It is. Yeah, it's real. It's a genuine thread mm. that has run through my life. Yeah. So. Very good. Very nice. Very nice. Well, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We, we get on these podcasts and we can actually find we could talk for honestly for hours because, you know, the depth of experience we have with the people that we bring on and just hearing the, the human stories, you know, the, mm. you know, the importance of just little things like your tupper cloth, right? I mean, you know, yeah. those, that's what makes things more human. And, and look, life is never a straight line. Uh, neither right. business, and yep. we need people like you, John, to help guide us when those wiggly moments come. And uh, you know, it's it's really nice to know that you're you're around and available. So yep. hey, thanks for everyone listening. This is Liam Ford talking to John Luxton and Paula Benetton. Thank you so much, John. Yeah. In the UK, <laughs> and thank you so much. And. We'll uh, look forward to chatting after the recording. It's been a delight meeting you both. Joe, is there anything you want to say to feel complete? Having this conversation with you guys has just brought back for me the experiences and the, you know, the bad times and the good times, just what has made mm. me who I am. I've mm. re-examining that. It, um, it makes me proud that, Mm. I have the opportunity to um, to just offer something different to the business community. Mm. So thank you for that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, thanks, well, John. Thanks for sharing who you are yeah. with us. Very special. Thanks, John. Thank you. No worries. 
Hey, Paolo, what a great conversation with John. I mean, we went on a, a very winding road there from, from start <laughs> to finish. And I don't know, I mean, I think what he said there at the end, which was uh, start with the end in mind in business, start with your exit plan, because that helps you to really create and structure a business that's actually better, you know, um, so so it was amazing. And, yeah. I think it's something so important that not many people think about. Yeah. And also, I really love what he said, uh, you know, like the two guiding values for himself and for his business about making things better and being better people. Yeah. And I felt like there was a really strong, powerful, humble platform, you know, like to, to stand on, make decisions and uh, work from. Yeah, and the fact that he, he, he was a rebel, I loved that. I loved that sort of rebel feeling, <laughs> like, you know, the... Of course you like that, Liam. <laughs> I mean, what, what did he call himself? The unlikely or the not consultant consultant? The uh, anti-consultant. The anti-consultant, yeah, that's... Yes. I mean, you really yeah. you really got that sense of it at the end there. So, yeah, <laughs> thank, thanks, John, yeah. for uh, making our day. And, yes, uh, and if you'd like to have John as your anti-consultant, please get in touch with him at regenerationhq.co.newzealand.mz. We will have the link under the description of the podcast, and you're going to see his website. It's really beautiful. Go check his shed and his tools to make perfect polishing. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, go to thezone.co.co or get in touch with us on LinkedIn at The Zone Global. Fantastic. Or, of course, our own LinkedIn, Liam Ford and Paolo Vento. Yeah. Yeah, you'll find us. You'll find us. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, have a nice day or a nice evening and hope to see you again. Ciao for now. Bye. Bye.